Covering the crew all season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue, here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Game one does not go the Brewers' way. 4-2 the final for the second straight game. They lost the finale against the Phillies by that score, and they lose the opener against the Pirates today. With Jeff Cirillo, I'm Dom Catronio. Jeff, I want to start with a quick little rant here about everyone acting like the season's over and then, oh, my gosh, panicking, all this stuff. Look, I'm always a glass-half-full guy, and if you've been listening all season long, you know that. And the panic and the overreaction I'm seeing is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's the holiday and more people are watching than usual, but I, I look back to 2018 I look back to that series loss against the Pirates back in 2018 when they were right in the hunt, right? They were only one game back heading into that week against the Cubs. And then obviously we all know how 2018 ended because there was still time to play. It's September 4th, y'all. Take a breather, and you can still win the series by taking the next two games. I am not going to overreact to a singular loss. No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, and sometimes Pittsburgh's it's, it's it's sometimes it can be a difficult place to play in September, just based on the fact you know they got a lot of young kids that they're playing and trying to to make a mark for next year. But then there's not a lot of ambiance. Obviously, the the ballpark is beautiful, but if you look around, there's not a big crowd midweek or or yeah, I bet it's a holiday. But but even looking at the game, there wasn't a huge crowd there. And sometimes Pittsburgh can be one of those places that can they can kind of kind of trap you a little bit. So and and it was one of those things. I don't think there's anything to worry about. It could have been three, four, nothing. You know when Burns was cruising through three innings. And also, you can still win the series and totally forget about this game. So I am refusing to overreact. But now let's actually talk about this game. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Again, eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you want to join us here tonight, uh, looking at what Luis Ortiz did to the Brewers, and they scored two runs without getting a hit in that second inning. But other than that, he was very effective tonight. The Brewers, I thought, were a little too aggressive. But what jumped out to you about the way that Luis Ortiz kept the Brewers off balance all night? Well, I mean, you can see the stuff-wise, right? This guy's kind of bounced up and down. Obviously, the, the Pirates are counting on him, right, to, to be one of their guys going forward. Uh, stuff-wise, you know, it's very good. It's just about harnessing control. You know, and he was able to, the Brewers kind of let him off the hook a little bit uh, in some of those games. And, and they manufactured stuff. And, and some of the stuff that we've been seeing was still on display with the Brewers. I mean, and if you look at the the, the way they, they manufactured two runs with the sack flies, you know, getting guys on, getting getting more guys on, and then and having sack flies, especially Trangs hitting the ball the opposite field on a breaking ball. Um, but, yeah, and so he was able to wiggle out of that. And uh, I really think that that, 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 when, when the Brewers couldn't push that, that next run across uh, and then they were able to bounce back and score a couple runs, you know, gave Ortiz a little bit of breathing room to get back into the game. Yeah, I was surprised at how aggressive they were with him, as I just said. I mean, a lot of ambush swings early in the game, then they realized, you know, it, it, after that second inning, there was a ton of ambush against him. I mean, specifically the sack flies, of course. But then Caratini with the double was on an ambush uh, on the in the fourth inning. But then Yelich, when he ultimately grounded out there in the fourth, he also swung at the first pitch. He fouled it off. Then the very next pitch was the one six three double play. Uh, I, that was my moment, and we we can talk about Yelich here too. Yelich went. Uh, 0 for 3 with a walk today, and 
he got the day yesterday, hoping to get him going. It's not going to happen overnight, but uh, I'm I'm noticing that this is not going away. It's looking like April Yelich right now. What what do you see from Yelich's at bats that we? It's just kind of he hasn't been getting the ball up at all. What's jumping out to you? Well, to me, it's just more of like kind of an impatient. It was was his best pitch, right? It was a sinker down and away maybe off the plate and just kind of feeling for the ball a little bit. And um, there's a swagger, right? We've always talked about this many, many times, right? I've talked about hitting in the big leagues. You know, it's like climbing a ladder, right? You get a base hit, you know, you go three runs up the ladder. But, you know, if you compound that and you kind of kind of roll up there with bat-at-bats, you see that or maybe your, your number is shrinking a little bit. And sometimes you get a little bit uh, entrapped by the numbers and, and how you're playing. And there's so much information these guys are getting. So, you know, one of those things, I think that they he will bounce back, and he, luckily there's been some him up, but I, I, I do think that there's still another streak in Yelich uh, with many games to play. And the fact is, as we've talked about during Willie Adamas's struggles, he's in a position and in a role on this team. He's going to play, okay? So he's going to have to hit his way out of this. It's going to happen one way or another. For me, I, I see timings just a touch off. The, the toe tap isn't as exaggerated anymore, but he's still not using the big leg kick. And I, I'm all for him using the toe tap. I, it clearly worked for him at the end of last season. It's worked for the majority of this season. That's why you play 162 games, right? Because there's a lot to figure out and a lot of plate appearances to happen over that time. As for the offense as a whole, though, Yes, Mark Canna extends his on-base streak. Uh, Canna batting in the sixth spot. He had a single and a hit by pitch. Uh, William Contreras extended his hitting streak to 14 games. He had a single in the seventh. Santana, though, big moment by striking out in the seventh inning with runners on first and second. His hitting streak comes to an end going 0 for 4 with a pair of strikeouts. The Brewers' top third of the order didn't do much today, just a combined one for 11, the one hit belonging to William Contreras, and it's not that surprising that they only managed two runs today. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones. I mean, um, I mean, hitting hitting is, is one of those ones that kind of goes up and kind of goes down, and, you know, look, the Brewers have benefited, and, and, the, and the fans have been excited by these big innings, you know, the prolonged innings, you know, the seven-run inning they had the other day. And so, you know, by keeping the line moving, uh, but at the same time, you know, those guys are getting paid over there on the other side, and they're big league players, and, you know, it's hard. I mean, hitting streaks come to an end, uh, so I just think it's a little blip on the radar, and, and I think that, that the lineup is good. I think that they would have pushed another run um, to get the, guy, the score up to 3 nothing. I think that, you know, then, then it puts more pressure on Ortiz, and, and Burns goes up there with a little bit of Like, when you go off the field and you get out of Sounds like we might have lost uh, Jeff for a second there with the internet connection. We'll get him back here in just a moment. In the meantime, read a few texts here. Uh, this one from Aaron in Illinois. That was a flat performance. Brewers had too much traffic against a bad team and a bad starting pitcher. I'm going to push back on that, Aaron. Disagree on a bad team. They're, I think they're growing, and I picked the, the Pirates to be the team to be in third place in the Central, but I digress. To only play two runs, not a great outing by Burns, but still a winnable game. Seems like a winner all uh, winner take all series at the end of the year is inevitable, and Steele will definitely be on the hill for one of those. So happy Labor Day! Appreciate the text there, Aaron. We're gonna take quick free, quick breather. 
I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all year long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank National Association. Member FDIC. Take a breather. Come back with more on WTMJ. A couple of uh, quotes here from the clubhouse coming from the media contingent. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo on the program. This one from Sal Freelich, as tweeted by Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Quote, the past week or two, all the games we've won, our offense has been putting the pedal to the middle. After getting a few runs, not stepping off a little bit like we did tonight, we'll get them tomorrow. So I, it's kind of like what you were talking about there, Jeff, at the end of it before we lost you. But this is a team that... Hitting streaks end, it's happening, no big deal. But when th- this team is best when you lengthen the lineup, when everybody's getting knocks and everybody's getting on base, not relying on one guy to be four for five every single night. That's exactly right. I mean, they're just keeping the move, line moving. I mean, Santana kind of done a great job of coming in there and kind of establishing and owning your bat by giving yourself a major league quality at bat. And they've lengthened that lineup, and um, and and they've done a great job. And, and like I said, tonight was one of those ones. I mean, look, if they if if Yelich, you know, doesn't hit in the double play, and they push another run across, and like even if he just hits the left or the right, you know, that's another run. And then it's three nothing, and then Burns is taking taking the mound. What happened is they galvanized Ortiz, and 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 they were able to get out of that inning. And then they went right to the bat, and they scored two runs, uh, and kind of hit push the Brewers back a little bit. And so it was one of those ones that that. Look, I mean, the Brewers lineup is—they're is, doing a good job. They know what they're—they're they're working with. They know how to keep the line moving, and so it's just one of those ones that—that that, um, don't fear Brewers fans. The uh, let, let's start shifting the conversation over to what Corbin Burns did tonight because it was a, a Jekyll and Hyde start, and he got through six innings, which I thought was huge for the bullpen. But uh, you, you look at today's start; it was a lot of loud contact against him six extra base hits allowed that's a new career high for him in a single game he was throwing a ton of strikes still 65 percent strike rate he was getting enough whiffs 16 whiffs pretty normal number for him but it seemed like every mistake he made not only was it hit but it was absolutely punished today against burns yeah, right. So the one kid, the lefty, hit the bomb on the on the 1-0 pitch. You know, it was a cutter out over the, you know, I mean, he doesn't have a, a huge batting average, but, you know, obviously he's got power. Uh, the other two was Hayes. You know, he hit like a, a paying curveball. I think it was 2-2 two, two or 3-2. So it was just kind of a, a land-breaking ball, hit the ball. Uh, and then McCutcheon was the one that was, was the big one because was, he was ahead in the count. It looked like just the curveball was a front door curveball, which was kind of easy to hit in the big leagues. Uh, for me, I mean, the stuff stuff was still very good. I mean, he's still one of those guys. I mean, he, he's aggressive in the zone, no walks. Um, so obviously, you know, those guys got they got bat in their hands. They're big league hitters, and so tonight he was still pounding the zone. And uh, the stuff plays. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. So yeah, and I'm 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 glad you brought up the big league hitter thing too because I, I I'm sick of the. Oh, they're a bad team argument. That's that's a whole bunch of BS in my opinion because they're they love being spoiler. Teams that are out of the race love being spoiler this time of year. And they've got something to prove. I mean, this is kind of their core that they're putting together as they expect to compete in what should be a wide open NL Central next season. And you know, 
the whole, oh, but they're a bad team, you should beat them. No, that's it's the big leagues, and everybody's in the big leagues. This team got swept by the Oakland A's, okay? You can't take anybody for granted. And I'm not saying Corbin Burns took him for granted. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm just sick of the fans saying, oh, that's a bad team. That's not a bad team on the other side. But as far as the Jekyll and Hyde thing goes, Corbin, the curveballs, right? He got five whiffs on the curveball. But yet, he also allowed three hits on the curveball, a homer, and two doubles. So it's the first time we've really seen that pitch be human. It's the first time he's allowed a home run on the curveball all season long. And I tip my cap to keep Ryan Hayes. That home run he hit was his first hit against Burns in his career. You know the feeling, Jeff. There's Sometimes there's one guy that just has your number all day long, and then when you finally get him, it feels a little sweet you're rounding the bases. Oh yeah, there's a float around the base because you know going into the game and they have so the hitters and the pitchers have so much information, and then there's just like this this power dynamic of of, of mentally when when you know I know that there was a guy named Andy Pettit like that I own right, but then there was other guys that that, that I didn't own you know um, Pete Harnish comes to mind I mean that's a an old guy, but but and and I knew that I would be in the lineup and I knew that I didn't have great success whether it didn't it didn't matter right it was just there was a so. For you, for him to get a home run, I mean, it was a it was a front door breaking ball, right? He kind of left it out. He kind of cast that ball that it left in the inner half, and so he was able to put uh, a good swing on a on a kind of a hanging breaking ball on the inner half. So I mean, uh, Corbin Burns is still one of those pitches. It's still one of those pitches that that it can be hit very far when it's hanging inside. Yeah, it's a pitch that you're able to identify very quickly, and uh, that's what we saw today from the Pirates. And uh, he's trying to learn how to land it for a strike, less so for a chase. Uh, as things stand right now, you know, if they if the Brewers stick with this every fifth game rotation, Corbin's next start will be Sunday against the New York Yankees. So Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and DJ LeMahieu, but they've got a lot of the, the baby bombers on their way up right now. But if you extrapolate it out all the way to the end of the year, as of now, you know, if they keep things on this every fifth game, Corbin Burns would be starting game 162 if it matters for the Brewers. And I know Freddie Peralta was just named Pitcher of the Month in, in August, and Brandon Woodruff gets the ball tomorrow, and he's been phenomenal. But for the folks who are complaining about Corbin Burns, he's going to have a lot on his shoulders coming up that last game of the season. And if that last game of the season doesn't matter, he's going to be your game one starter in a wild card series. And... If there's anybody that I trust to say he's going to figure it out, he's got too many weapons, he's got amazing coaches around him to figure out some new tricks here in this final month, it's going to be Corbin Burns. Exactly. Even even though he, tonight, I mean, he gave up the runs that basically he gave up were on home runs. I mean, this guy didn't give up a walk. I mean, he's aggressive in the zone, you know, and that tells me uh, as as a scout and as an, an ex major league hitter. That he, he trusts his stuff, right? He's not nibbling uh, for the corners. He's like, here's my stuff. And uh, he was. I mean, look, I mean, he was overpowering at times tonight. No walks. It was just the blemish was was the two the two home runs, right? And the one kid hit the ball to center field. It was a 1-0 cutter out over the plate. And the other one was a hanging break. Guys are going to miss spots. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, so if, if, you're, if you're Corbin Burns, I mean, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, you're looking down the road. You know, and and you start him in a game one. You're you're very comfortable taking the field with Corbin Burns as your number one. I, I would be too. I, I think it's a, a no brainer in my opinion. I think we get too hung up with a win loss record sometimes around baseball, but nonetheless, uh, he is certainly 
a great option to have as part of the three-headed monster. Uh, also, just real quick, shout-out to the bullpen today once again for the Brewers. Uh, Milner did some mop duty, a couple of strikeouts left a man stranded. Bryce Wilson, again, he's my pick for unsung hero of the year. A scoreless uh, eighth inning in case the Brewers are going to come back and win this. But now you've saved another day of the leverage bullpen, giving them a little breather, getting ready to go because you got Woodruff and Peralta tomorrow as you expect to win this series. And uh, just sometimes the dirty work doesn't get admired. And uh, I just want to make sure we give those guys a shout-out. Yep, you're exactly right. Dom, Dom, you're great. You look into the, the box scores that people don't look at, and and the fact that, that Williams got an, another day off, right? I mean, because the other day he pitched in, in back-to-back. He went uh, plus innings, 1.1, a long, long inning. So he, he was able to get two days off. And so you're right. Hobie Milner, too, is right there in the Unsung Heroes as well. Yeah, they've been really fun to watch here down the stretch. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Our show is brought to you in part by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Go to samilwaukee.org to help today. More to come on the program with Jeff after this on WTMJ. Brewers fall 4-2, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620 on this holiday weekend. Back to reality tomorrow for a lot of folks here in Milwaukee. It's going to be hot. Stay cool. With Jeff Cirillo, I'm Dom Catronio. Let's go ahead and knock out the difference-making moment here, shall we, Jeff? It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Take it away, Jeff, your difference-making moment. I got to say it was a first third there, and yeah, Yelich hitting the ground, grounded the double play when the Brewers up were two nothing, and then the the Brewer, uh, the Pirates being galvanized there to go go into the top of the fourth inning, and and so in the bottom of the fourth they came back with the home run, and then and inning. So the the, the difference you make was when Yelich grounded the double play in the fourth inning. It has to be the pick. I agree entirely. I mean the 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 moment. I mean first of all, you had a leadoff double from Victor Caratini. The bottom of the order. Did their job today, right? Sacrifice flies from Caratini and Terang. Monasterio had a couple of knocks. The only reason that Caratini couldn't score on the Monasterio single was because he had to hold up with that ball near the second baseman. Men on the corners in the top of the order. Uh, the Brewers just got to get a ball out of the infield there. And I know Yellow's just been struggling. We talked about that in the beginning, but that was, a, I thought, the moment of the game. But it also, hopefully, it's a moment that we can point to saying that was the moment when things started to turn around in the right direction for Christian Yelich. He would only have one more plate appearance he would draw a walk uh, uh, later on in the game. As for the series in a whole, I know I opened the show with talking about this, but y- y- you win a series in, in in stretches, right? Okay, it's not going to be a sweep, a sweep, big whoop. You can still win the series and hold your own, okay? Winning series is the goal the rest of the year. And it's not sexy, it's not headline-grabbing, but... That's what Craig Council said yesterday after the game, saying just win series and you're going to be in good shape. They are still in total control of this thing. That's why I'm refusing to overreact to this. Jeff, you have been through these close calls before when you're on the other side trying to chase. And when you're facing that team that just keeps winning series, what's that mental battle? like? like, oh, my gosh, they won again. Oh, my gosh, they won again. When you're trying to get into the postseason. Look, it, the, the Pirates aren't aren't looking that right. They got guys that are trying to, you know, survive. Right? They're trying to they're, they're trying to keep their job. They're trying to impress the GM, the manager. 
for next year. So, so they have a little bit more of a relaxed attitude going in, right? They're not expected to win, where which is the the dog, right? Everyone's trying to knock you off. Uh, so for me, I, I mean, as we've talked about many times, uh, going this like putting my myself into that lineup and going into that onto that team and going to that clubhouse every day, and you're looking, okay, Burns got beat. All right, you know, you turn the page, right? It, it doesn't matter if you go four for four or over for four. Once twelve midnight hits, you know, it's a new day, right? And so, okay, we come to the clubhouse two thirty tomorrow, and then you got you got Woodruff on the mound. You're like, sweet, right? I'm in the lineup. Here we go. So, because you know, like everything starts and stops with that guy on the mound, and you know, you get Woodruff, and then you got Peralta coming, and so you, you you feel like you you have an advantage on the mound every day coming in into the game, and so I think this is a blip on the radar, and I think the Brewers will will get on track tomorrow. And they got a good guy to go with tomorrow, Brandon Woodruff, getting the ball. Want to get to the phone lines here real quick, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Rick in Chicago, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, guys. Enjoy your show. Uh, just had a quick question about Josh Donaldson. Uh, I'm hoping uh, this uh, move may pay some dividends and increase their offensive production. I know that Winker and Voigt were yeah, big misses, um, very disappointing, as, as was maybe Brian Anderson. Do you guys? What do you guys specifically expect from Josh Donaldson? Will he contribute to the Brewers or will he not? Yeah, that's a good question. Appreciate the call. the The thought for me, Jeff, with with Donaldson is, I think this is a team that he can thrive in without such a harsh uh, spotlight on him, like it was in New York. Also, he gets to go back to doing what he's doing well, and that it's okay to draw a walk here, right? He, he was a very, very disciplined hitter for such a long time, and clearly somebody at the Yankees tapped him on the shoulder and said, no, man, you're here to swing, you're here to hit. And they, his walk rate plummeted, his strikeout rate rose. That's not how the Brewers roll. I think this could be fit. However, got to prove his health. Obviously, no minor league games on Mondays. He went 0 for 2 yesterday, just going to slowly ease his way back in, but... I'm at the point, Jeff, where it can't hurt, right? You might as well throw it up on the wall and see if it sticks. But Josh Donaldson's been there, done that, and I don't want to talk about the whole clubhouse stuff because I've known Josh for a very long time. I've got rose-colored glasses on. But I know what this dude can do, and if it shows up for the final two and a half weeks, I think Brewers fans are going to be really excited. Well, you got to look at Santana. you got to look at Canna. Like, both guys were – were underperforming as far as from their history standpoints and from like a major league average standpoint. Uh, there's something magic when you come into the Brewers clubhouse. There, there's it's it's very easy to play there. Uh, media is very easy, as you know, compared to New York. Uh, it's light travel. Uh, the clubhouse is very light. The clubhouse guys do a great job in there. Donaldson's a guy that that is has won MVPs. I mean, he's been in 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 big moments and. Uh, I love the sign. I really do. And and the thing is, too, it's like I remember when I was uh, picked up um, from the Twins to the Diamondbacks because Mark Reynolds was really struggling, you know, in the month of July. And so and you know what happened is like right when I walked through the door, Mark Reynolds started to really hit and Monasterio start, started to play much better since Josh Donaldson's been signed. So it, it's amazing how major league paid uh, players tend to you know, raise their level, and and Josh Donaldson is a good sign. Uh, It's a veteran, and he's got a new lease on life, and sometimes all you need is a fresh start, and sometimes the the baseball card uh, tells it all. 
Yeah, and, and here's a guy that, you know, they're not saying we need you to be an MVP for two and a half weeks. No, they just want to see a little bit of pop. He can still play some great defense at third base, and he gives you some veteran pedigree as well in that clubhouse. That was a good question as well. Uh, as we'll take a quick breather, let Jeff go. i got a few more texts to address here as well. But, Jeff, uh, you mentioned it a moment ago with Brandon Woodruff being on the mound. This dude has been dominant since he came off the injured list. He looks like Brandon Woodruff of old. I, I, I just, I, I'm fired up to see him after a loss because I feel like you know that red beard is going to be <laughs> a little bit on fire coming out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's fun to watch and, and get ready for a Brewers baseball game right now because, you know, you got a dog on the mound, you know, that the lineup's going to work the counts, and, uh, you know, they're going to play exceptional defense. Like, to, to beat the Brewers, you got to beat them. And uh, tonight, you know, they got beat, right? They got beat by the home run. They got beat by a few few balls that, that were uh, Burns mistakes. But sometimes, you know, there's always mistakes. Like, big league pitchers make big, uh, mistakes tonight. They got hit, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, it resulted in a loss. Um, but, you know, don't lose faith, right, because the Brewers, I mean, the, the Woodruff's a dog, and, and if I was coming through the clubhouse, I'd be excited to see him on the mound. I would be too. 25 to go. Buckle up, and you'll be with Bob Brainerd tomorrow night. I'll holler at you this weekend. Jeff Cirillo right here on WTMJ. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Good night, guys. All right, Jeff Cirillo on the program. Take a quick breather. i got a few texts to get to here as well. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Going to go uh, just past quarter after here coming up at the 9 o'clock hour. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Standings update, shall we? Right now. Brewers are up two and a half games on the Cubs. They won today. They shut out the Giants. Justin Steele starting to make a last-second push for NL Cy Young uh, as he's been awesome as of late. But the Brewers still lead. 76-71 and 71 is their record. The Cubs are two and a half games back. They are 74-64, and 64, so three back in the loss column, as some like to say and some like to point out. And still, no tiebreaker decided. They've got three more games head-to-head at the end of the season. As for the wild card, now that all the games that matter to the Brewers are done uh, as far as wild card opponents go, Philly's still in the lead. They're in the top spot. Now, keep an eye out that Philly and Chicago, if that gets really tight, if Chicago can somehow catch Philadelphia to be the top wild card team, that would be quite a story because Philly still has seven games head-to-head with Atlanta. Uh, but Philly's in the top spot. Chicago's in the second spot, and then it gets a logjam. Arizona and Cincinnati are tied in record, but Cincinnati has the tiebreaker over Arizona on the head-to-head. So if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, they don't, but it would be the Brewers and the Reds. That would be in Milwaukee, and then Philly hosting Chicago. Miami's a half game back after they swept, I should say mopped, a four-game series sweep. Uh, The Nationals this past weekend, they were off today, though. San Francisco, them losing today was key because now they fall out. They have lost four games in a row. You want to talk about a struggling offense, go look at that offense, uh, and you'll feel a little bit better about the Brewers' offense. They are now 70-68. and San Francisco is playing the Cubs right now. They've got a big series ahead of them. Let me get to a couple of these texts here real quick. Kyle and Queens feels like the same song and dance when they lose, unable to take advantage of runners in scoring position, and poor hitting or unlucky contact. Is this a coaching or a managing problem? Uh 
No, I, I think that's just baseball, buddy. <laughs> I think, look, man, when you win, it feels like, oh, every ball I hit is going to get down for a knock. When you lose, like, oh, my God, there's a guy there every single time. And it sounds boring, it sounds annoying, and it sounds just repetitive when, you know, Craig Council says, didn't get the big hit tonight, didn't get the big hit tonight. Tonight was a little different than that. I thought the Brewers didn't give themselves enough opportunities for the big hits. Yes, they had a lot of base runners. They had a few walks. They didn't strike out much. But one for six, it's not really going to set yourself up to get some uh, offense there. And the fact is that when the offense goes quiet, it doesn't matter how good the pitching is. They're not going to win the game. And you've been watching this team for four and a half months now. You know that. But you continue on. The Cubs recently are able to execute their offense uh, like today against the Cubs, but their lineup is deeper and better than ours. What can Council do to not make the same mistake? I, I know there's a lot of chatter about the hitting coaches, things like that. I'm not touching that until the off season. I, I don't. I'm not the guy that makes the decisions. I'm not the guy that sits here and says, "Yeah, fire everybody." It's not that simple. And also, you know, the folks that are conveniently critical of the hitting coaches when. You know, Christian Yelich goes into a slump. You know, they don't get the credit for when William Contreras continues to hit the way he has, or the way that Santana and Canna have hit the ground running, or the way that they have found a way to get Sal Freelich in the order. He's been slow as of late, but the way that he arrived, it was hot and heavy, and it was awesome stuff from him. So it goes, it cuts both ways. And Monasterio getting back on track. I'm not going to be the guy that's out here calling for coaching changes on a post game show, but I understand that that's what the fans will say and fans will want to do, and. I'll just reiterate, I'm not the guy that makes that call. And the Brewers' offense, there is still a lot of stuff to like from what they've done so far in the season. And just because it's not 10 runs a night doesn't mean that heads are going to roll. When I look at the Brewers with runners in scoring position, it's still better than you think it is, right? Better than you feel it is, okay? It's because it's so feast or famine. The Brewers, 11th in baseball with batting average with runners in scoring position. Their OPS is 10th. So they're right there. They're considered a top third team with runners in scoring position, right? And I know it's different, but let me just give you an idea. The Brewers are hitting 266 as their batting average with runners in scoring position, a 773 OPS. A few of the teams that they are right near, okay? Their OPS with runners in scoring position is better than the Phillies. It's three points better batting average than the Phillies, and yet they're doing that with fewer plate appearances. The Brewers draw a lot of walks. That helps their on-base percentage for sure, but we talked about this earlier in the year. The amount of plate appearances the Brewers get with runners in scoring position is a lot fewer than the rest of the league, right? The only teams that they're ahead of for total plate appearances with runners in scoring position are the Yankees, the White Sox, the Mets, and the A's. What do all those teams have in common? They're under 500. I've always said, when you give this team enough opportunities with runners in scoring position, law of averages, they're going to get the job done. But when you're only getting a few at-bats a game with runners in scoring position, it's not going to work out. And I know they drew a lot of walks and had sacrifice flies. That took at-bats away, so plate appearances increased tonight. But I'm just continually asking, give yourself more opportunities, and offense gets contagious. We see what happens when this offense gets contagious in the positive light. That eight-game winning streak, the nine-game winning streak, it, 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 it's so quick how we forget how good this offense, they've done it before against good teams, against the Rangers, against the Mariners, uh, against the Cubs. They won that first game against the Cubs, and they're going to see them again. So don't abandon ship just quite yet. 
Doug texting in, why is Telez pinch hitting in the ninth with the bases empty? Uh, I, I'm kind of with you there, Doug. I was surprised that he didn't pull back Telez, leave Monasterio in, then bring in Telez. But I think the thought there was that was going to be the only spot Rowdy was going to pinch hit, given it was Monasterio, then he had the top of the order do up. Rowdy's not going to pinch hit for Yelich. He's not going to pinch hit for Contreras. He's not going to pinch hit for Santana. He's not going to pinch hit for South Relic. So that was the spot to do it. Maybe he would have given you a, a homer or something. But, yeah, I, I was a little confused by that as well, Doug. I I would have waited till a base runner got on. Not that it really mattered in the end. Uh, let him hit as for the guy he was hitting for in Andre Monasterio. Uh, I would have liked to see him get a base hit there as well. Better start scoring some runs from Burns. Yep, no kidding. That's what Burns wants as well. Uh, we're going to hear from the manager coming up next. But first, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you in part by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider. And for a limited time only, Cider is waiving their $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. This offer is not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours, but it's valid through September 15th. So you got another week and a half for their $99 trip fee being waived for HVAC service calls. Go to SEIDER.com, Cider, Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here from the Skipper up next on WTMJ. A few minutes left in the show here. Brewers fall 4-2. Corbin Burns had a weird day. It was good. It was bad. But it really wasn't that bad. Let's hear what Craig Council had to say about Corbin Burns and the game at large. Brewers fall 4-2. Here's Craig Council. Yeah, I mean, they, um, I mean, I thought he came out, you know, throwing the ball great. I thought it was um, really, really good. Uh, they, you know, he had some, the, the mistakes he made, they did damage on his mistakes. So it was extra base hits. Um, obviously a couple homers and, um, you know, that's putting runs on the board quick. So that that's that's what hurt him tonight. The offense was able to be patient that second inning and kind of capitalize there. What did you see? After you know Ortiz kind of cleaned up his command, what kind of see how the offense after that? Yeah, I mean we just, you know, we didn't, we just didn't do enough offensively. I mean, simple as that. Um, you know, even that we just didn't do enough offensively. I mean, I don't, I don't know that. Um, I mean, he he got back in the strike zone for sure a little bit more. Um, you know, we just we had a couple empty at bats, and um, you know they they breezed through it pretty good. We had, you know, we had. Some, Two out chance later, but um, uh, his his ball was down. Sinker was pretty good. Um, we didn't do much after that. When it's a quiet night offensively, and then you get the two inning-ending double plays, how much does that just kind of kill any momentum that you're trying to build? Or yeah, I mean certainly, you know, double plays hurt. Um, you know, but uh, you know, one extra base hit tonight. Unfortunately, you know, that's that's probably not going to. It's with six hits. You know, that's it's going to take a lot of you know hits with men in scoring position and timed hits. So um, overall, just, you know, lacking a big hit again today. The offense as a whole, like in this recent extended streak, has had some really good nights and a lot of really good performances, but then the losses seem to be nights like this. What do you make of the I make that's, between? That's, that's baseball. I mean, yeah, okay. I wish we'd do it every night for sure. I think guys want to do it every night, but the other side's, the other side's trying to not let that happen. Williams hitting streak now at 14. Uh, I mean, just the, the consistency for him right now and the adjustments he's able to make. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's in a good streak right now for sure and um, feeling good. Um, feels like a chance for damage every time he's up and, and having really good at-bats. 
that's a team over there that's playing a little bit better here of late. What's kind of changed since maybe when you saw them earlier in the year to now? Um, well, I mean, tonight they just they pitched really well. Um, now their bullpen did a nice job. Uh, they got three three good, really good arms at the back of the bullpen that um, can close down games, and that's always helpful. I know it's not a surprise that Burns going six innings, 100 pitches despite missing over the plate tonight, but just how important is that given the stretch you guys are entering and kind of in the start of it? Yeah, I mean, that's what – I mean, Corbin does that. I mean, he's, he's – you know, he had a rough fifth inning, but uh, came out and had a good sixth inning, and, um, you know, he, he's consistent like that for sure. Um and that, that's, all, that's always meaningful when you get your starter through six. It's huge to save the bullpen, like we mentioned a bit ago. A quick update on the farm. That's coming up next. Got some news, some injury news as well. You're going to want to hear this up next on WTMJ. Baby, you my all right, quick couple looks around the farm and some injury notes here first and foremost as we're coming up on the end of the show here now. First and foremost, some good news. Adrian Hauser threw a bullpen today, and it went well, according to Craig Council. If he responds to that positively tomorrow, that will be a good step toward a minimum IL stay. That means Colin Ray is going to start on Friday, again, because obviously the minimum IL stay will still continue with that. Assuming Colin gets to start on Friday against the Yankees, the next time that that spot in the rotation would fall would be next Wednesday uh, at home against the Marlins. And then Hauser is eligible to come off the IL on that day as well. So it could be a minimum stay and straight in back into the starting rotation for Adrian Hauser. Also some good news. Garrett Mitchell has a consultation at the end of the week to determine when he can get back into games from his torn labrum. That is trending positively. And, uh, Aaron Ashby is going to throw again with the Timber Rattlers. His first outing had a pair of strikeouts, a pair of walks, and one inning of work as he expects to fall back into the bullpen if he is going to help out this team down stretch. Now, as for some interesting news, we talked about it yesterday that Jesse Winker, the deadline is yesterday to decide if his major league rehab is going to run out and uh, the Brewers have to make a decision. Well, it turns out when we noticed that he only had one at-bat on Saturday, it's because he pulled after a quad injury, according to the Brewers. So he is back on the injured list. The rehab assignment is over, and then the Brewers will have to figure things out from there. Uh, I, I refrain judgment. You can be the judge. But uh, Winker is back on the IL and uh, now with a quad issue at this point. Uh, Jackson Churio, by the way, four homers, his last 40-something plate appearances. He's been good. Folks asking, when's he going to AAA? When's he going to AAA? I want to remind you, the double-A season ends in two weeks, and then there's always one extra week of triple-A. The Brewers sent him from high-A to double-A last year when the overlap happened because this is the final week of high-A ball. Then the following week is the final week of double-A ball, so maybe that could happen. But the kid's night, you know, the kid's so young. <laughs> He's dominating double-A. Let him be. Don't compare his clock to, like, a Jackson Holiday's clock or somebody else's clock. Let the Brewers do their thing. And let the kid grow up. He's 19 years old. Holy cow. Uh, we'll take our last break here. Quick little injury update there. Give you the broadcast schedule for tomorrow after this on WTMJ. All right, last segment here on the show. Same time, same place tomorrow. 5 o'clock coverage for a 5.35 Central Time first pitch. Tomorrow in Pittsburgh. I uh, still haven't seen 
a for sure starter announced. We know Andre Jackson will be involved. Maybe there'll be an opener for the Pirates, and Andre Jackson will be the bulk man. But we do know Brandon Woodruff's going to take the ball for the Brewers. 3 and one two seven zero ERA this season. Then on Wednesday, finale of this series and the season series against the Pirates, uh, that will be an early start for the Brewers and the Pirates. First game of the day, 11.35, first pitch. We are on the air at 11 with the On Deck Show. Off day on Thursday, I've got Brewers Weekly Thursday night at 8 p.m. That'll be live on WTMJ or in your podcast feed, wherever you get it. And then the marathon begins. 17 consecutive games starting at Yankee Stadium on Friday. The Brewers uh, will have first pitch at 6.05. Coverage will begin at at uh, 6.00. 35 or 535 on Friday for the Yankees. But that's a little further down the road. Brandon Woodruff gets the ball tomorrow. I will not be with you post game tomorrow. It'll be Bob Brainerd back here in this chair with Jeff Cirillo. And then I am back uh, for Brewers Weekly on Thursday night. Hey, just take a deep breath. It's one loss. Not going to hit the panic button. Just win series. We'll assess things when we all add them up. If the Brewers are, aren't able to fall, win tomorrow, then it'll feel like 2018 all over again. But Remember, it's crunch time. Every game matters, but win series. Winning series matters more than overreacting to one loss. Do you want to sweep every game? Of course. Is it going to happen? Of course not. Take a deep breath. Get after it tomorrow. Again, 535 first pitch on the air at 5. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us. And for our producer, Tommy Wirtz, I'm Dom Catronio. Good night as the Brewers fall to the Pirates 4-2. Back at it tomorrow for Brewers Extra Innings. Until then, keep on swinging.